Morning. It's great to be together, isn't it? Sun shining. Does it all just feel a bit, I don't know, a bit better when the spring sprung, the heat's getting up? My daughter's in Spain at the moment and she's, she's enjoying her swimming pool. <laughs> oh dear. Awesome. Um, I love these sorts of mornings where we just get to be together and enjoy God together. Um, Martin started off by giving testimony about his brother. And it uh, sounded like that surgery was quite, quite quick. But then we hear about Pearl who was talking about house renovations and sometimes it can take a bit longer. And um, we, we know all about that in our house, <laughs> as some of you are aware. But um, I just felt God whisper to me that this morning there's some heart surgery to do. And, and maybe there is some more brain surgery to do on the way that we think and the way we live. And um, so in many ways, what I've got to share, has um, some of it has already been said, which makes my life easier. And, uh, but also, I think God wants to do a bit more. And um, so we're going we're gonna to go with that. Um, I just want to, let me just give you a couple of more light-hearted moments. Would that help? Because yeah. actually sometimes they, they, there is a depth, isn't there, to our time together. And, but a moment of more light-heartedness I quite enjoy. Um, and um, Tim Vine's jokes continue. Um, the temptation to sing along to the song The Lion Sleeps Tonight is just a whim away. Um, I, I, this was good. Hippos can run faster than humans on land and swim faster than humans in the water, which means the bicycle is your only chance of beating a hippo in a triathlon. <laughs> oh, that just made me smile for so long. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right. Okay. Um, two commandments Jesus gives us. Yeah? And you know them, and we know them, and probably even some folks who don't even know Jesus might know at least the broad headlines. And yet they're really tricky to do in life, aren't they? A gathering of people, we're a gathering of people, yeah? And there's something exciting happening here where there are more people coming into the room. I don't know if you've noticed. And maybe you're new in the room. And if you're new in the room, you're really welcome. In fact, we are super excited that you're here. Um, we've had it spoken to us that we're going to have people coming and joining with us um, in this season, coming from both near, as in locally, but also from further out. And so we are not surprised. If you live further out or if you live nearby, don't be surprised that you're here. God's got a plan. Okay? <laughs> and he's drawing us together. And it's not just to be a crowd of people. Because if you look around this room, there'll be people that you don't actually know. There might even be people that you've never had a conversation with yet. And yet what Jesus came to do was to bring us to a revelation of the fact that God is a father. And actually what he wants is relationship with his kids back. And he wants to bring a relationship amongst his children which represents family. Which reveals the heart of God as family. And so we get to be brothers and sisters. 
And that makes it really fun when you're in a group of people that it's getting bigger because you've just got more and more brothers and sisters to find and discover and get to know and build relationship with. But sometimes that's not actually that easy to do, is it? Because sometimes we don't get on with everyone. Is that just me? Sometimes we find people a little bit tricky. Yeah? I'm just being honest. I know it's Sunday and it's church and we're all on our best behaviour, but the truth is sometimes we get out of shape with each other. And some people say to us, what, what makes this such a special place? What is it about us as a community of people that is, is so special? And we've we literally got numbers of people who are saying, this place is amazing. And it is. This is an amazing church. Absolutely amazing family of people that are coming together. There is a heart that is being stirred in this place to love the Lord our God. And to devote our lives to that. There's something going on in you right now around what, what could that look like? How far could I go with that thought? But then there's the other side to this of, actually, maybe I'm going to take this loving one another thing seriously. Maybe loving others is actually something that not only is Jesus asking us to do, but I'm actually prepared to give it a go. Yeah? That's what's being stirred up in this place. And so we come together, and our worship is fantastic. I love our worship times together. But it's going to get richer and deeper. Because God's not only going to bring more people to us, but the depth of our revelation of who he is and who we are is only going to get richer and better. Yeah? And so our desire, our hunger to be, what I was saying last week, of being a priesthood of all believers is only going to increase. You're going to want to minister to him. In fact, it might surprise you sometimes. You might find yourself out and about and suddenly you think, I just want to give glory to him. Like when the warmth of this sun breaks through. You just find yourself wanting to just sing his praises. That's what happens when we're alive to him, when we're in relationship with him. I'm a married guy and I walk down the street with my wife. Sometimes we get to do that. And there's moments where I go, I just really love you. It's not our anniversary. It's not her birthday. I just go, I just want to tell you that. I just appreciate you. I just value you. Yeah? And that's what we're finding is happening with us around. It's not just me. This is what God is stirring up. And he's stirring this up across the nation and the nations. Believers who are bothered enough to remember him. When we eat together, you know, he says, whenever you eat together, whenever you do, think of me. Be reminded of who I am. Yeah, this is going on for it. I should get on to some notes, shouldn't I? So um, there's some principles that help us. And there's some principles um, that are kind of woven into the DNA of apostolic and kingdom-minded people. And that's what the river is all about. And, um, and so I want to just talk this morning about a couple of those principles. Um, they're, they're the kind of things that we will take a bullet for. They're the kind of things that we, we are not budging on these things. And I want to just talk briefly about two of them this morning. And um, they are love and honour. 
And what I want to do is I want to talk about these because um, I want to talk about some other subjects in some future weeks. But if we don't get these ones under our hood, working really, really well, we're not going to navigate the other things as well as we could do and live them out. So, um, so that's why I want to just talk a little bit this morning about these ones. Um, Jesus came to reveal the Father and to show us how to live as confident children of God. Do you agree with that? Safe ground so far? Honour is linked to seeing people as God sees them. It's having a value for someone which is based on the price that Jesus paid for them and for their kingdom potential. All people have been entrusted, have been entrusted as image bearers of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Whether they know it or not, everybody has been entrusted with that because they're part of his creation they've been made in his image and um, it's hardwired into us as a church to communicate that God is good that he is love that he is for you he's not against you We, um, for some years, we've run um, Chelmsford Food Bank or led Chelmsford Food Bank or facilitated Chelmsford Food Bank, um, however we want to put it. And uh, we had a, um, a brunch here yesterday, didn't we, to um, just say thank you to the volunteers. Um, I guess to honour them for what they do, what, what, they're, what they give of their time for. And some of you are in this room, and actually we many, many volunteers across many different churches. Um, but it's been important to us, right from the beginning of launching Food Bank, that we would honour everybody who's involved. It's just an overflow of who we are and what we're about. And this little card has been given out to every single person who comes in as a client. Um, to our food bank for years now, probably a decade, I would imagine. This has been going out, different versions of it, we've updated it slightly, but it says the same thing. We want to communicate to people that they are loved and significant and valued and accepted. And many people come in to our environments and they don't know that. The world out there has not done a great job at communicating that to them. And then they bump into us. <laughs> and they get one of these as well as a food parcel. Because we're not just about feeding them physically. We're about um, introducing them to their father in any way that we can. And um, so this, in, in many ways, this isn't a new thing that I'm going to talk about this morning. It might be new to you if you're new here. I was looking back at preach notes that I had on this subject from 2014. Um, so um, I wasn't bad, actually. <laughs> I said one or two good things, but um, I made some changes. Um, Heidi Baker describes honour as the currency of heaven. The currency of heaven. That's good, isn't it? You'll get a long way if you honour people in life. A really long way. You'll be amazed at the doors that will open to us as we just honour and love people well. Um, it's rooted in love. It's countercultural. It's not without its challenges. <laughs> but it is essential for kingdom advance. And it's really exciting. 
It is. I love seeing people's countenance change when you love them well, when you honour them well, when you call them up, when you don't trip over the mess of their life, of their choices, but actually where you can look them in the eye and, and help them to see the gold that is in them. Jesus did it all the time as he ministered. You read the Gospels in light of what I'm just saying. You just see him doing it so skillfully. He sees Nathaniel, doesn't he? He says, wow, there's a man with no deceit. He does, you know, he's just straight in. It's stunning. Um, woman caught in adultery. You know, I haven't got time to read that story through, but it's a frightening and stunning story. And um, Jesus is... He's, Jesus has actually sat down to teach, as was the custom. And he's, this woman is made to stand before him who's been caught in the act of adultery. And um, so she probably wasn't wearing very much. And she's in this crowd of men who are standing around her with stones in their hands, ready to stone her to death. And Jesus' wisdom in that situation cuts through. And he talks to the crowd, first of all, and the Pharisees, and he says to them, if any one of you hasn't sinned, then you can throw the first stone. Well, of course, their first major slip-up was they'd only dragged the woman forward. They hadn't dragged the, men, the man forward. So actually, that was their sin straight away. So all of them had to go. And it leaves Jesus with this lady. And he says, I'm not going to condemn you. And he sets her free. She was facing certain death, and he sets her free. He honours her. He looks past the mess. Yes, she's screwed up. She's made a really bad choice. But he looks past that to offer her forgiveness and give her a future. See, a culture of love and honour will enable people to belong before they believe. And um, again, this is something that we really enjoy doing in and around our food bank world, we, you know, and this world here even. Um, I could tell, I'm not going to name them because they may listen to this recording, but I know numbers of people who are not yet part of this church, not yet believing necessarily, um, may never be part of this church. But there's a belonging to us. There's a belonging to me. There's a belonging to you that's going on because we're loving and honouring people well. And if, you're, if you know part of that, you're part of that in, in what you're doing, um, as you're serving, as you're doing life, I just want to say well done for doing this. Because we're not starting from zero today, are we? It's not like you're, you're not doing this. We are doing this. This is what draws people into the heart of the Father. And it's a stunning thing that we get to do this. And whatever age you are, you might be at school or in college and you might find, actually, you know what? The way that you speak about your friends or other people around you is different to the way that the rest, the way the crowd are speaking. 
And you will find, as young people, you will find that, that actually people will just want to come and just chat to you a bit. They'll just want to talk to you in confidence a bit because they will trust you. This is, that was my experience as a kid. I know it's, it's the experience of some of our young people. And however old we are, this is, is part of our experience, isn't it? But this whole thing starts with love. And our worship time this morning has done a great job, as I say, at paving the way for this. This starts with love. 1 John says we love because he first loved us. Do you have any idea this morning how precious you are to him? Seriously, how precious you are to him. Some of these contributions this morning from you know, numbers, of, and it's interesting, numbers of ladies this morning. Sometimes ladies find it easier to talk about affection and um, intimacy than the guys do. Boys, I'll just challenge you on that. <laughs> it says in Zephaniah, this is Old Testament, okay, but this might as well just be the words of Jesus. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I'm just going to break that down for you, okay? Because some of you have been a Christian for a long time and you know that verse. But I'm just going to break it down. We're just going to sit in it for a minute. Is that all right? He's in your midst. He is right here. He's right here. He's closer to you than I am. He's your strong and mighty champion who saves you. That's who he is. It's what Jesus has done for you and continues to do for you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. This, that's really politely written. Can I just say, I'm a dad, right? I remember what it's like to pick up my newborn. I didn't just rejoice over them with gladness. <laughs> There's an ecstatic joy that the Father has for you. He is the proudest, proudest dad that there could ever be. If you were the only one, he would come after you. It's who he is. He's your dad. I know he's holy. I know he's mighty. I know all of that. I know he's the creator. I know, I know, I know. But he's seriously into you. He is besotted with you and you don't know the half of it because if you did there would be a tear in your eye just let it sink in Leo's picture of Jesus inviting you to stand on his feet he quiets us with his love. That's the best picture I've got this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Leo, of that. You know, we have our little fits, don't we? You know, like toddler tantrums that you used to see. We still do that, don't we? When is this ever going to happen? When will I ever see that? When will I ever get that? When will I be ever good enough to achieve that? 
This is useless. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I've stuffed up. I've messed up. I've done it. Yeah, do you ever say this, speak these sorts of lies and silly things? You know, it's like a toddler just on the floor going, (laughs) And he quietens us with his love. You know, he just holds us a bit tighter. And he nails us eye to eye and says, I'm right here. I'm going nowhere. You can say these silly things if you like. But in the words of C.S. Lewis, there's a deeper magic. (laughs) There's something deeper that's going on. And if you'll just stop and be still and know that I'm your dad. (laughs) I know I've distorted that verse very slightly, but you know what I mean. And he rejoices over you with singing. Now this again. This is a very poor English translation of rejoicing over us. This is a different rejoicing. The word, you can study this all you like at home. It's a different root word, rejoice. It's not the same one as the the father who's rejoicing over the, the newborn. It's not that image. This is a loud, excited dance of a response. The actual root word is a violent emotional reaction. This is him spinning and whirling around because he can't contain himself that he has the privilege of being your dad. He's literally like this. Come on! I'm your dad! It's who I am. You are my child and I'm so excited about it. I can't contain myself. I love you so much that I won't withhold, send in my son, I won't withhold the chance of getting you back into my arms. Because he saw you walk away in the garden at the beginning. He saw you say, like the prodigal said in Luke 15, I don't want you to be my dad anymore. It's why that Luke 15 passage is so powerful, because we said, forget it, I don't want you anymore. I'm listening to this guy. And at that point, what we did... Oh, sorry, I might have upset a small child. (laughs) Sorry. Um, At that point... This isn't... I wasn't even going to say this this week, but I just feel like I want to. Um, We walked away from him in the garden. And as we took... Where we'd been walking with him in the garden, there was a moment where we started listening to another voice and in doing that we said I don't want you to be my dad anymore I'm going with this guy and what we did was we swapped fathers and we started to see the world through his eyes through his perspective through the serpent's eyes and it's that was the fall that was the destructive craziness of the whole thing And in doing that, and we've been doing it ever since. And so what God does in sending his son is to create the opportunity for us to be born again. 
It's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. Why? Because you need your father back. And it's why everything now is through Jesus. It's why Paul says that it was the Father's delight to send the spirit of his son into us, to cause us to open our eyes and cry out, Abba, Father. That's how loved you are. Do you get it? I'll get emotional with you if you don't get it. (laughs) You're so loved. You're loved with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. Luke 15, that prodigal son slash extravagant dad story. Um, You've got the younger of two sons. You've got this ungrateful, selfish, rude disrespectful youth who walks away from his father and orphans himself. We mentioned orphan-heartedness in worship this morning. It's what he did. He orphaned himself. And he went and he did it his own way and he squandered the resources and at a point of starvation and hopelessness He thinks, maybe I could just become a servant. Because I'll never be worthy to be a son. That's maybe my best shot from a place of starvation. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son. And he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe. The best robe. Day one, moment one. No spoken repentance even from the kid. The best robe. And put it on him. And he put a ring on his finger and sandal on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son, not servant, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Do you know this morning you're wearing the best robe? I thought I was wearing the best robe. (laughs) You're wearing the best robe. Your father's holding nothing back. Absolutely nothing. That's why Jesus says, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous. There's a party that started... The day you came home to Jesus. The day you said yes to him. I'm going to put my trust in you. There was a party that started. And I don't entirely understand the, the outside of timeness of God. 
who knew you were going to say yes anyway. I don't know if there was a pre-party. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. His eyes are turning towards me. But there's a, and the party has never stopped. The father has never stopped twirling and dancing and skipping and singing songs over you. There is a soundtrack to our lives that is going on of the father's love for us. And we sometimes live so consumed with our five senses that we stop hearing it. And there might be some of you in here this morning and you've never heard that. You've never even had the thought that God could be so good and so loving and so kind that he is actually singing over you, wooing you, drawing you closer and closer in. So if there's some surgery that you need right now on your brain or in your heart, just let him do it. Let him do it. And turn the volume up on the song that he sings over you. Because you are beautiful. You are so beautiful. And then he elevates us and he brings us to a place of sonship. And actually, not only that, um, but honour does something else. It brings us to a place not only of reconciliation with God, but also restoration of our identity. We sung about, or we even had contribution this morning, about identity being in the wrong things. There's a restoration of our identity. Um, an old meaning of the word restoration is to find someone with a royal bloodline who has been removed from the throne and then restore the person to that throne, to a, pers to a position of honour. This is restoration. To be restored, find somebody of a royal bloodline, we're talking about the kingdom, we're talking about, therefore, a king, and we are children of God. Do you see where I'm going with this? Find, find somebody of a royal bloodline. That's you. <laughs> Who's been removed from the throne and then restore the person to that throne, to a position of honour. This is what we're talking about going after as a church. This is why it's a key part, a key value to us of how we value one another. Um, okay, so I've got a few minutes left. All of that that I've just shared with you is true for you. But it's also true for me. And because it's true for you, I have to treat you with honour. I have to give some love and respect to you because you've been made in his image. You're his child. You are loved by him. You sinned, you rejected God, but you were worth redeeming. And he gave everything to do that.
and you have a royal identity. And not only that, you have a divine purpose. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says that we're ambassadors. So you have a divine purpose. So I don't get to treat you badly. I don't have that privilege, that right to do that, that luxury to treat you in a bad way. Because when I do that, I might just leave God over with you where you are and find myself on the other side of the fence. I get to honour you. I get to pour love and respect into you. I get to call the gold out of you. doesn't mean that we ignore sin. It doesn't mean we ignore bad behaviour, bad choices, shortcomings. I get that. But the way we deal with that stuff, the way we navigate those things, is rooted in love. Not because I want to condemn you and punish you, but because I want to see you living according to the Father's design for your life. This is what it is to honour. And so there's some things that can get in the way of us doing this. And we've already mentioned it. The younger of the brothers, he orphaned himself. Orphan-heartedness. Insecure, self-serving, ultimately consumed with lack. And what that does is it causes shame and regret to manifest in our lives. And it will rob us from ever being able to give honour to anybody else. Because we can't possibly see ourselves as worthy. We get consumed with unworthiness. And it will keep you from your divine purpose in life. It's what it does. And the enemy loves it. He hasn't even got to touch you. He can just leave you to it. But when we wake up to the truths of what we've been talking about this morning, orphan-heartedness gets broken off. You feel the robe coming round your shoulders. The best robe. You feel it. And we're going to pray in a minute that we feel it again. Um, the older brother, I mean, you can, you know, I know there's tons in the story, isn't there? And there's been lots that's been drawn out over the years. But the older brother, who was entitled and legalistic and religious and jealous, older brother thinking will wreck our ability to honour and celebrate other people. It will. Why well, have they got more than I have? They don't deserve it. Look at me. I've been, I've been following all the, the rules and the laws all these years. I've been at church early at 10 o'clock for coffee and 10.30 for worship on Sunday morning. I've never been late. Look who's this character coming in. Coming in late and then having a contribution that they want to bring in worship. <laughs> I know it's a silly thing, but we do it, if we're honest. We get offended. How come that person got promotion and I didn't get promotion? What's that about? How come that kid got like nines in his GCSEs and he didn't even revise and I tried really hard and I just got a four? That's not fair. That kind of stinking thinking, to coin a phrase, it'll mess us up. It'll mess us up. Because there's gold in you and there's stuff in your lane for you to discover. This is a good God. He's not holding back. Just because he gives somebody else a Ferrari doesn't mean that he's not going to give you a Lamborghini. 
It's his prerogative anyway. We are not identical, are we? Are we identical? Do we look the same, smell the same, walk the same, laugh at the same stuff? We're different. So it's okay for God to parent us differently. But he's really good. And you can trust him. And he's got your back. And it's okay not to always understand stuff. It's okay to just trust him. And say, I'm, 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 I would rather experience your peace than understand the answers to all of this stuff. Disappointment will rob us from being able to celebrate and honour other people. It's a killer. All right, so what's going to help us? What's going to help us do this thing that Pete's got all fizzed up and excited about? Number one, very simply, let's have a close walk with our Father. See yourself back in the garden, call of the day. Have a walk with him. When did you last actually go for a walk with the Lord? This morning. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> Seriously, let's do that. I bet it was good. There you go. It's really good. It's really good. Go for a walk with him. Have a close walk with him. Don't then um, leave him at the door and go in on your own. And, and do stuff that you shouldn't. Think stuff that you shouldn't. Worry about stuff that you shouldn't. Keep holding his hand when we're doing the other stuff. I've spoken about money recently. Keep holding his hand when you look at your bank account. When a bill comes in. Yeah? Um, number two. This is similar but different. Let's be led by the Spirit. <laughs> similar but different. Um, for the spirit God gave us does not give us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The brilliance of this is it will absolutely challenge and change the way that we treat one another. You get to control yourself in life. Woohoo! That's good, isn't it? You get to control something, one thing, just one thing, yourself. You don't get to control anybody else. It's my job to manage my heart so that I can respond to you in love and cast out fear in our relationship. That's what Danny Silk says. It's my job to manage my heart so that I can respond to you in love and cast out fear in our relationship. Number three encouragement we get to encourage one another that means you get to lend your strength to somebody else you pour it into them whatever they're going through you pour what you've got into them encouragement no one has ever died through too much encouragement And the world is sorely lacking. Unless they've been encouraged in some poor choices, I suppose. Um, but the world is sorely lacking in encouragement. This is an opportunity. 
But let's have an experiment. Could this be the most encouraging environment on the planet? I think it already is pretty good, but I think it could be even better. Yeah? Um, we can literally elevate people from a place of believing lies about who they are, either insignificance or arrogance, and the limits of what they can do to a place of knowing the truth about themselves and allowing that to determine their future. That's what we get to do. Elevate people to who, the way God sees them, who they really are. Um, lastly, we're going to celebrate others. Um, celebration in our culture has got a little bit thin. Jewish culture, you read about Jewish culture of celebration, feasts, parties that went on for days, like a wedding, you've been to a Jewish wedding, like goes on and on and on, there's more and more partying and drinking and food, and then there's the next day and the next day. Here now, in our culture, like, you know, a long lunch break is a celebration. Uh, just a lunch break is a celebration. <laughs> I don't work you that hard, do I, Ruth? <laughs> or is it you? <laughs> Um, celebration I think we're supposed to celebrate one another really really well um, I was thinking about some ways that we could do this it's been a while since we've eaten together yeah so I want us to have a meal together in a few weeks time and I had this thought because it says in Revelation um uh, says this, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language. You know, and there was a point where I felt like we as a church were all starting to look very, how can I say this, very white British. And now I look around this room and we've got other nations Represented, And we prayed as a leadership team. We wanted more diversity of who God's creation is, even that's represented in our own county. And now we've got other nations. Like you maybe were born in a different country, or you've got you know, roots back into different countries, and you're here. And, and God is, this is what he's doing, because he wants to reveal part of who he is. And so I love the thought, what if we could come and bring a meal, have a meal, where actually we bring food from all different corners of the earth. I don't know what is in my heritage of food in Essex. I don't know. I'm going to struggle to bring anything exciting because I'm just an Essex boy. And um, maybe we need to dig into the history of Essex people, what they ate. And we'll bring some of that. But how cool would it be? Let's, let's have the most diverse food meal in, you know, moment of fellowshipping together um, and celebrate one another. And actually, maybe we need to spark celebration. I've come across um, older folks who don't like to celebrate their birthday. Now, children love celebrating their birthdays. They love getting older. They love getting stuff, don't they? As people get older, they don't like to celebrate their birthdays as much. I want to challenge you on that. It is a privilege that you're still on the planet. You get to be here. You get to be part of this. 
you get to bring the God who's in you to the party. So don't knock the fact that you're now the age that you are. Go, woohoo, I've been here a bit longer. Still here. Still got divine purpose to change the world. Yeah? Yours is 21st of July, okay. Do you know, I'm all up for people telling us when their birthdays are and, you know, come on, let's, yours is in a fight. Is anyone today? Pearl, you can't put your hand up for everything, all right? You went for your walk this morning. Any others? No? Peter Golder's got a birthday coming up. Is that soon? Tuesday, Peter Golder's birthday on Tuesday. Those WhatsApp groups will be buzzing on Tuesday morning now, won't they? <laughs> um, I want to do one thing as we finish. Um, Ruth, do you want to bring the kids back in if they're wanting to come back in? Because I want to honour them as children's workers. Um, if you're in this room and you work in education or healthcare, I would love to invite you to stand. So, education and healthcare. I knew there'd be a few of you. <laughs> See, I, I could pick on all sorts of groups, right? But I just want to be honest and say that um, I think it's tough for you guys. There are all sorts of things going on as you are pouring love and serving the different people that you encounter. And some of you are getting criticised for being on strike or for even um, uh, supporting those that are on strike. And we are starting to criticise our teachers. You know, even in my own heart, I'm, as, I'm a parent with a child who's then not going to school on that day, and he might be saying, hooray. Um, but actually, for us as parents, it's a nuisance. But it's not okay for me to allow criticism and to stir up something of disdain for that. And equally, for doctors and nurses, those working in healthcare, it's not okay that we're critical either. Because we don't know what it is to walk in your shoes. And you are amazing at what you do, at pouring out love and service to people who many of us actually wouldn't want to roll our sleeves up and get involved with. And this is not just an external thing that you do with your hands. I know that you guys do this with your hearts. And I wanted to just stand you up, not because I want to embarrass you, but because I just want to speak that you've, there's divine purpose in this. There's stuff that you're doing that is revealing the heart of God. To kids that might be looked down upon by the world. Because older people like to look down on younger people for some weird reason. Sometimes. <laughs> and the marginalised and the people that society forgets. And you guys in healthcare particularly, 
love and minister to people. And not only that, you're partnering with a God who is healer. And there is healing to come and is coming because God has put you in the place that you are. And whether it's medically or supernaturally or the mix of both, and actually we can't distinguish between the two, hence Martin's testimony this morning. And we've got people in this church who've experienced healing medically. And we are so grateful for the medical people, the doctors, the nurses, the admin support, all the, the folk that make um, medical stuff work. We're so grateful. And we're, we're partnering in our faith. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit and you guys. So if you're near someone who's standing, I'd love for you, this is, this is how we're landing this morning, okay? If you're near somebody who is standing, I'd love for you just to go and put a hand on them and to bless them. And I'm just going to lead us in prayer and just bless them. If you've got anything prophetic that you feel that you would like to share with them, please feel free to do that. You may know them. You may not know them. That's absolutely fine. Um, but I would love for us just to celebrate and honour these people this morning. So Lord Jesus, I want to thank you so much that we as your body are a diverse bunch of people involved in all sorts of things. But each one of us has been made uniquely by you, loved by you, and with divine purpose to be able to minister your heart to others. And Lord, I want to thank you for those particularly this morning who are in education and in healthcare. Lord, I thank you that you have gone before these folk in their endeavours. That you do go before them. That even um, tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, you go before them. That you've anointed them for purpose. Just as they right now have got a hand laid on them, I pray they would feel something of the anointing of heaven to do what they do. Come on. You're anointed by the King of Kings to be his royal ambassador. To represent the love of the Father. Lord, I thank you that they've sown their lives into serving others, loving others, putting others first. Lord, I want to pray for financial provision for these folk. It's not okay that they're the victims of a, of a corrupt um, worldview right now that's going on that places more value in sports stars and pop stars than it does in people who love and serve. But Lord, I thank you that you are not subject to a corrupt worldview. And therefore, I want to pray for financial provision over our teachers, those in our schools, doctors, nurses, those in hospitals, healthcare places, <laughs> doctors' surgeries, dental um, clinics, wherever it is. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of these people. Lord, help us to love them really well. Help us to celebrate them and honour them for the way that they're living and pouring it out. Lord, would you help us keep our hearts right 
Would you help the rest of us, Lord? Actually, for all of us, would you help us to honour those that we come into contact with? Help us to show them your heart. Help us to value people, even if we disagree with their lifestyles or their choices. Lord, thank you that that doesn't give us the right to stop loving. Lord, you give us the wisdom in how we do that. Change our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.